everybody, this is Andre and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our episode for today is going to be a pretty special one since uh, we are getting close to a new year, 2021. And I think everybody is, uh, apart from the professional matters, looking at ways of improving their lives and making it a far better year than maybe 2020 was for some of us. So, uh, or for some of the people that are tuned into us today. So... Our special guest for today is Andrew Cap, who is the number one best-selling author and speaker. His most popular book being the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And today we're getting uh as we're getting closer to a new year, and therefore a big opportunity for all of us to make it an amazing one for ourselves. Uh we'll have a more special episode, as I mentioned, looking into both personal branding marketing and how to build your personal profile more as a you know, as a professional, and we'll uh, discuss with Andrew here uh, tips, tricks, and strategies to enhance your personal brand, but also um, looking at ways of promoting information products. And uh, we'll also look into ways you can yourself use the law of attraction to your benefit and maybe get insights from this when you are looking at shifting your perspective towards uh building your life in 2021 and beyond. So, Andrew, really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Really exciting times ahead. Thanks for, uh, for having me, Andre. I'm really excited. And um, I'm sure people listening like, wow, that book title is a mouthful. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But thanks for having me. And uh, let's see where this conversation goes. Amazing, amazing. So um, I think, as always, a good starting point uh, for the conversation would be a quick intro to you. Uh, tell us who is Andrew, uh, what you are doing um, professionally, how you got into the law of attraction and publishing a book, uh, what's going on in your life? <laughs> yeah, well, let's see if I can um, make sure this answer doesn't take up the whole interview, right? Well, um, so I... I'm an entrepreneur for 20 years, and I think when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to, to kill your own dinner, so to speak. You're going to find yourself looking towards certain modalities, positive thinking, things of that nature. I found out about the law of attraction probably 16 or 17 years ago at this point. And for me, it kind of like it resonated, but I was very um, push and pull about the whole thing. I was inconsistent. When I used it, it would work, but then when I didn't, it wouldn't. It was like... I. I used to think law of attraction wasn't consistent. It was me who wasn't consistent. And um, I'll give the short version. I went through a situation about 12 years ago where I lost my first business and girlfriend all within like the same week. And um, not fun, obviously. And at that point, I'm like, listen, uh, something's got to change here. This law of attraction thing kind of works. I'm going to be really stubborn and indignant about the whole thing and just go all in and just do five or 10 minutes every single day. Mm -hmm. And some people hearing this be like, um, we'll get what I'm saying here. And some be like, this is not true, but like the results were miraculous. Within two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Within three months, I'm in a brand new healthy relationship and completely over my ex. Within four months, entrepreneurs will like this part. I'm making more money than at any point in my life before that. And within six months, like everything's different. Um, in the best shape of my life, I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And it wasn't even until... 2019 that I decided to even write a book about this just because I was at this point where um, I'd been using those lessons of like, if you, it'll work if you work it, regardless of whether you believe in it or not. Um, I'm like, listen, I want to do something new in my business where I'm enthusiastic and excited to interact with customers. When those emails come in, I'll be answering them with enthusiasm. I won't be bored. And I'm like, what can I do with this? Well, law of attraction, just this huge thing in my life. Let me follow this thread and see if I can make an impact in something that actually, you know, speaks to me and resonates with me. So, 
yeah, I kind of like took all of my experience as an entrepreneur in marketing and said like, okay, let me hopefully put out a good product here and let me find a way to get it out to people and hopefully serve them. And that, by the way, governs everything for me, every strategy in terms of like, how do I title something? How do I put a subject heading? How do I put a YouTube title for a video? It's all in the end goal of like reaching the right people who will be served by the content because why would I be very, um, you know, strategic about something that's going to go to everyone when not everyone is going to resonate and be served by it? You know, mm-hmm. to say nothing, the fact that you want to hopefully be have integrity in your business, they're not going to spend money on you anyway. So why even bother? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what were the businesses that you mentioned you, you started off and then you transformed and built new yeah. ones? Well, that, that first one was an art production studio. I was actually um, trying to be a cartoonist, but okay. it turns out the cartooning part didn't work out, but all the stuff I did to market myself was, was like having more weight to it. <laughs> but um, I mean, the real business, like I've been a, a copywriter, um, which really serves me in terms of my, my communication style. Um, I've been a marketing and business consultant. And I mean, I've done other books here and there. You, you won't find them on Amazon or anything because I took them down. One of them I actually repurposed as something to help people with, with this book right here. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been like all over the place in my businesses, but mostly in terms of marketing and copywriting. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Okay, so we have uh, that pro copywriter point of view then <laughs> when yes, we are looking sure. at the personal branding strategies and things that we can uh, bring forward uh, in order to help the guys singing in today to uh, maybe reshape their presence online or think about some quick actionable ways in which they can uh, better their profiles or their company's profiles. Mm-hmm. So um, sounds good. Cool. So what are you up to today? Are you only an, an author? Do you still have the business? Uh, what's, uh, what's your life like? today? Um, I have actually one client, right? I basically pushed all the clients off. I have one right now who um, I just want to help him if I can. I do very little copywriting work for him just because for me, it really is all about, and even my business, it's all about the book and it's all about the YouTube channel that supports the book mm-hmm. just because it's it's fun and it's fulfilling. And <clears throat> I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs resonate with that idea of like, who doesn't want to do what they love and make money doing it? And if you can serve people on top of that, that's like the the cherry on the Sunday. So yeah, for me, it's like all about the book and the YouTube channel and nothing else really. Mm-hmm. Super. Okay, so uh, let's talk a bit about you as the personal brand and about the professional, the entrepreneur. Um, where do you start off or how did you start to look at yourself when you were becoming the business really? So transitioning from you as Andrew to you as the entrepreneur and copywriter, and then later on you as the author? Yeah, well, for me, it's, they're all one and the same. And I mean, obviously, like a huge part just on the author part is you have to give yourself permission, because a lot of people might be thinking like, well, who am I to write a book or who am I to do X, Y, and Z? Well, it's like, listen, you know, if you have hopefully some value to communicate, put it down, and the market will decide for you. Like if the market's giving you five-star reviews then who are you to tell them that they're wrong and that you're not an author, you know, or, or anything like that? I say, you know, everyone should be giving themselves certain permission to be whatever they want to be. And if they're wrong, the market will tell them. But until the market tells them, there's no reason why they should doubt themselves. And that's the mindset that I take. And I don't even know if that's answering your question, but I think in, in as, I, as I move forward and do anything, it's just about making that decision of, well, what are the skills needed for this? What are the, the results that will validate this? 
let me go from there. Like for me, the, the result that validates a book is that you completed it and hopefully it, you know, it, it has some kind of semblance to it. I mean, there's, so here's the thing. And now we're, we're going off all over the place. I didn't say I'm going to be an author and just try to like follow all the rules of authors. I didn't go through a publisher. I didn't go through an agent. I wrote my own book and I just published it on Amazon. And part of it is because I've been writing for years already. I've been writing copy. And that's no small thing in terms of writing a book because I remember like even as a kid, but more even as an adult, when you get those, um, those solicitations in the mail and it's like these really long-winded things about like, here's this health supplement or here's this magic thing that's going to help you um, read people's minds. And here's how you can tell your future, whatever. I remember reading those things. And those things were like mini books in and of themselves because they had to make sense because they had to keep the reader engaged. I think you could learn a lot more and be a lot more as a copywriter throwing those skills into a book than anything else. I mean, I'm not using the book to sell someone on a product, but the principle is the same. The principle is I have to have... From page one to the last page, it has to be an experience, a journey for them that's basically following them through on certain points for whatever I want to do. Now, me, I'm teaching law of attraction. So strategically, I first have to build the foundation, make sure they're really on board with it, and then give them methods that are Mm user-friendly. Whereas someone that's like, um, they have a book on math, well, you essentially want to find, you know, communicate the value of math, how it fits in with real life. Maybe you have some really cool formula that you can use to wipe out debt and increase profits at the same time. Like something where, I don't know if that's possible, but what I'm saying is you want to basically give your value proposition in everything you do, mm-hmm. including throughout a book or anything else. So mm-hmm. I, I apologize for the long-winded answer that might have answered other questions, not your legit one, but that's what came to mind as you asked it. No worries at all. It was a very good answer. Uh, and this gets me thinking now, uh, since we have people from, you know, very different industries here, uh, we have also solo entrepreneurs, but also marketing leaders and, you know, top performance in oh, top, top performers in uh, international companies. So, you know, everybody is probably looking at um, getting different things out of their personal branding or mm-hmm. the branding of their products. But what I think we can try to do is, can we try to work out a um, way of thinking or like a sort of like a little process that people can go through uh, when they are looking at maybe what would be the best way for them to communicate to their audience based on your experience? So, for example, um, right now, how are you looking at the online specter and channels and pick and choose which one is best for you? How did you get to communicate mostly on YouTube? Uh, how are you communicating on other platforms? Tell us a bit about your your own marketing strategy. Yeah, so just a um, huge disclaimer. For me, I don't even know <laughs> if this is the most strategic way to do it, but a lot of this comes down to, to bandwidth. Like I, I'm a huger proponent unless you're hiring someone who's doing the heavy lifting for you, I'm a huge proponent of being a master on one or maybe two platforms versus all of them because you'll spread yourself out too thin. Mm-hmm. And for me, it becomes a question of, I think a lot of people, they, they view themselves as, as boring or one-dimensional. And oftentimes it's only because they're not actually tapping into who they really are. I think this sounds cliche, but there's a real power to tapping into who you are, your personality. For example, I'm using YouTube because I think organically that will bring a lot more people to the book because it'll it'll get um, video watchers. And video watchers that don't read the book, they might want to listen to the audiobook. And those that don't listen to the audiobook, well, the channel in and of itself can be monetized. So 
no matter what, that's a good little, that's a good piece for me. But a main thing about it is like, I have a really, and you don't hear it in this because I'm just trying to get value, but I have a really silly, weird sense of humor. So in my YouTube videos, I put that sense of humor on display. Some people are going to resonate with it. Some people aren't. But what I'm not going to do is make up a different version of a sense of humor that doesn't even represent me because I'm not going to do that well no matter what. Mm -hmm. Let me tap into what is it about me that's funny? What is it about me that's deep? Am I emotionally intelligent? Or am I more like a stiff upper lip? Like whoever I am, let me push through that specifically because... Um, I'm, I'm a huge, again, apologies for going all over the place. I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. And um, even later as an adult, I, I worked for WWF before they became WWE. And that was at the time of like Stone Cold and The Rock when they were really making their name. And what they would say about that point is, listen, I'm not some gimmick. I'm not some pretend thing. I am who I am in that ring and on that microphone, only I turn the volume way up. And I think a really good thing, even if you're selling toilets, is whatever personality you want to put that, it's going to be your personality. And it doesn't even have to be the volume turned up, but it has to be the volume turned forward. Like lead with actually who you are, because when you're in step with that, all of a sudden you start answering other questions with a lot of stuff auto-corrected. Because like you might say, what does my audience need to hear from me in order to know that my product or my service has value? Okay, well, I want to figure that after I figure out how I'm communicating already, because I might come up with some, let's say I have a really loud personality. If they need to hear something a little bit more like, you know, um, under, you know, under uh, stated, well, then maybe I'm not the person that I'm going to have on video. I'm going to hire someone to do that for me, or maybe I'm going to make another decision. So first you really want to understand who you are as a human being and what personality traits you want to kind of amplify. And then you want to make a decision. What do people need to hear from my company? Not from me, from my company. And then you can decide whether they need to hear that from you or from somebody else representing your company. Got you. Okay. That's a very nice uh, split there because I think uh, we always have to remember, you know, that, you know, being the best CEO doesn't necessarily mean you need also to be the the best uh, CMO or, uh, you know, the voice of your company. So it's really important. We know a lot of people that stay, uh, you know, in the front of their business and they are driving it like maybe some of the people that our listeners here might be uh, accustomed to are maybe Gary, Gary V since he's like a marketing uh, guy and he's very loud and he's mm-hmm. running his companies, but they're also like the people that are running the companies uh, or they are running the marketing departments, but they might not necessarily be the ones on the screen, but they are coordinating all the activities that happen through. So very good insight there. Um so how are you using, in your case, uh, YouTube to, to get the most out of it? Uh, do you use any tools that you find particularly useful? Do you have any strategies to make sure you optimize the content as well as possible? Mm-hmm. So again, this is where um, <laughs> I break so many rules. And by the way, people listening are like, how is this guy even successful? He's like not doing all these classic things. Like I use vidIQ, but not really a lot. Um, I, I So for me... It's like, rather than being an SEO expert, I just like, when I type in a YouTube description, I'm just using words like law of attraction and manifesting in there, only if they fit in with the sentence and the content and the theme of the, that video that's the, in and of itself. I, I'm a proponent, again, don't quote me on this and don't think it's the best strategy, but I think um, platforms like Amazon and YouTube and Google and Facebook and Instagram, they have algorithms set in place that will do the heavy lifting for you 
if you work in cooperation with that. If you're always trying to game and hack the system, you may be successful, but their algorithms are always changing. So it's a lot for me, a lot of bandwidth to try to keep up with the algorithm. What if I instead really on point and really focused in my message and who I am and what it actually is and let their evolving algorithm do the heavy lifting for me. So for me, um, a more intelligent YouTuber would look at their videos and say, which of these are more popular? And let me do more videos about that. And maybe I'll do that one day. But the restless, impatient, frustrated version of me is like, well, no, what content about the law of attraction that I am comfortable speaking about do I feel like doing today? Because for all I know, maybe I'll come up with an even more viral video or more viral version of content that I would not have come up with if I was already looking at my metrics. So don't quote me. I mean, look at your metrics, be intelligent, but understand that me, I'm a rule breaker. And for me, I'm more about firing bullets in all different directions. And eventually, maybe a week from now or maybe a year from now, I'll look at where the bullets penetrated most. But right now, I'm even still just, you know, finding myself and in my message and communicating different ways. I mean, I give answers on podcasts that it's like the third time I've given it, it's more refined than the first time I gave it. Not because I'm being more strategic, but because I heard it in my head and I automatically figured out a better way of saying it, obviously not more concisely based on this interview, that um, that's just, it's better and will resonate with more people and, and better. So I'm, I'm just an iterating machine, but I'm also not too worried as long as I stay on point with who I am and what my product or service is. And I care about giving value. A lot of the stuff takes care of itself for me. Mm -hmm. Super. And uh, now that you mentioned, actually, I just realized basically we can say you are a content creator and then just an entrepreneur because of all the content that you are creating. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, looking at this from this perspective, uh, basically you have uh, everything that you do on the written content side of things. So, uh, you know, the book being the primary focus object. And then you have the YouTube where you are creating uh, video content and you are amplifying that. But uh, let's say podcasts, where do they fit in your marketing strategy or how are you uh, looking at your presence in the podcast space in order to maybe grow your reach as a professional? I'm asking this so that we can maybe inspire some of the people that are tuned in to think about maybe them becoming podcast guests or having a podcast in order to amplify their content marketing effectiveness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think podcasts are a really important thing. And that doesn't matter whether it's a small podcast or big or somewhere in between. Because by the way, you might do a podcast tomorrow and the person's got like, you know, five listeners. But a year from now, they'll have 500,000, but you'll be one of their first episodes. So all mm -hmm. those new people coming are going to go to the beginning and they'll hear your message. So um, I think there's a lot of power and leverage and value to podcasts that you may appreciate or realize in the moment or you may enjoy afterwards. But for me, I think podcasts are important for me specifically because um, it helps get the message. Like your podcast right now, this isn't a typical podcast for me. Like a typical podcast for me is on more of like, a, you know, mindset or even a law of attraction theme podcast where I'm specifically talking about the book and I'm specifically giving tips about the book for that audience. But I think this is an awesome podcast and I want to give value. And that attitude of wanting to give value not only bleeds over in this message, but it bleeds over in those things. I'm actually, I'm being earnest. It isn't like some, some act. Like I want to give value. That's how I live my life. And I believe things come back to me on that way. Now, maybe one person on our interview might buy a book or maybe I am completely underestimating the receptivity of your audience to love attraction. Maybe 200 will buy it. For me, it's not, it's all about putting myself out there and refining my message. And you, Andre, might ask me something and I'll give an answer. 
and it's going to be absolute gold on those Law of Attraction podcasts later on. I just haven't realized it yet. But that's my way of saying, like, go on podcasts. Like, not only are they good for the sense that you will have awesome guests like Andre sharing you with the world, but you basically are having this opportunity to continually refine your message and maybe even discover something about yourself that you didn't realize. You mm -hmm. might be in a conversation with someone and maybe it'd be like a call podcast and um, someone will ask you to do something with your product or service. And it'd be like this brand new insight that you never would have even thought of before that will make you a lot of money. People mm -hmm. don't, I mean, all the Gary V people know because Gary V used to talk about it all the time, but Instagram wasn't about photos. It was like a million different things or maybe 10 different things. And they finally like realized that people were only interested in the photos. So they really pushed that button, but they wouldn't have known unless they went out there and went on their proverbial podcast of pushing all those different things and seeing what happened. So yeah, um, I've probably appeared on 40 podcasts since the summer, which I don't know if people think it's a lot or a little, it's, it's a lot for me because I'm doing a million things, but um, those bring readers and viewers to me every single day. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And thank you as well for the kind words. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a pleasure having you as a guest also because so it's the same as I, I, as I mentioned in the beginning. I feel that now we can go a bit forward from just think, talking marketing. And actually, I'm really excited to get into the law of attraction subject because, uh, well, you discovered it a bit before me, but also this was a big life changer for me about uh, 15, no, kind of 12 years ago when I discovered it. So that's why I'm excited to have the chance to discuss this with you and hopefully uh, get more people on the show inspired either to look further into it, get your book and read it, or the people that already know it, get more practical with it. So awesome. um, if, if I may, Andre, just to really quick, before we get into that, to talk mm -hmm. about the elephant in the room, because I think there are certain people listening that are way on board with it and other people that aren't. And I mm -hmm. want this to be a conversation that's worthwhile for everybody. So mm -hmm. just to give the people that are not into law of attraction a quick, um, maybe sh paradigm shift here, I just want to give a, a quick example of um, how I relate law of attraction practically of lifting weights to get muscles. And I know that's an oversimplified thing, but everyone can relate. You lift weights, you get muscles, right? But it begs a very important question. What's the explanation behind those muscles? I'll give you two. We'll see which one's more accurate. Explanation number one is when you lift weights and you go to sleep at night, a muscle fairy comes out of nowhere and gives you muscles. Or explanation two, when you're lifting weights, you're putting so much stress on your body that there's actually, your muscles are tearing in little different areas from that stress. And then your body responds by healing, by filling in those gaps with more muscle fiber. Now, most people are probably like, well, that's a butchered explanation, Andrew, but that second one's probably the answer. But I would say it doesn't matter. What matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. And you do the law of attraction techniques that I describe in my book. And whether you believe in law of attraction or not, or whether it's your subconscious mind, or whether it's something else, you will get these miraculous results that will just come and they will blow your socks off. And maybe be like, even then, you won't believe in law of attraction. You won't believe what I'm saying is true. I don't care. All I care is that you get a result. So I would suggest that a lot of even like the gratitude methods that I describe, they will lead to results that you can't explain, but it doesn't matter whether it's the muscle fairy or it's your body healing itself. What matters is you get a result. So I would ask people that don't dig law of attraction to keep that perspective in mind as we go over any other content in this interview. Mm -hmm. Super. Uh, thank you for, for explaining that. I think you're right. Uh, I think that, you know, um, there are people that might not necessarily vibrate with this, but we'd rather more 
maybe um, scientific explanations of, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, our reticular activating system or other things that we might be thinking of. Uh, basically, by the way, for you guys that don't know what this is, basically it's just that um, mechanism that helps us focus more on the uh, things that we, uh, no, actually observe things that we have in more fresh in our minds or in our subconscious minds. But I'll, I'll pass the mic back to you, Andrew. Uh, so tell us a bit about the book. Tell us a bit about the concept, uh, maybe like a little introduction before we go into the nitty gritty. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the title, like, you know, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. One, a copywriter must have written that. But two, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a very important, bold promise that I have to make sure to maintain because you know, Amazon reviews are, are going to be um, honest about whether they like you or not. And the whole thing is, you know, I've read so many Law of Attraction books and I've seen so many videos and, and everything. Again, I've, I've been on this journey myself and I'm no better than anybody else. Um, hopefully I'm just a little bit better at articulating things. But um, every Law of Attraction book worth its salt is going to have an explanation of the Law of Attraction that's going to make it clear to people. And every Law of Attraction book worth its salt will hopefully have, you know, methods or techniques that people can use. Where I want to go in my book is explain why do people read a book and then put it down and then rather than using it and implementing it, they just go on to another book. Why do they procrastinate? Why do they hesitate? Why don't they get the results that they want from it? So what I want to do is use the book as in addition to explaining law of attraction, in addition to really user-friendly, easy, fun methods, I wanted to hold a mirror up to people to explain their psychological process that they're going through so that they can catch themselves in the act and make a real choice to finally instead do something fun for just five minutes a day and actually get a result rather than having to go on to another book or another $1,000 program or another YouTube channel or another anything else that's wasting their precious time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we were to put this into a more like a little practical exercise or a practical actionable discussion really around the book and the concepts that you promote, um, what can people look at or into or do uh, now in maybe in the holiday uh, season and since they have a bit of time off to reflect and maybe to plan for next year, uh, what would you say would be some core starting points for them that they can start to implement, whether they believe or not, into the law of attraction so that they can uh, stand more chances of building a nicer year for themselves, no matter, you know, like uh, this comes from within. So either they can attract more things uh, towards them, the right things that they want and to spot the opportunities better or just, you know, live more fully and uh, content and fulfilled. Right. So the key thing here is I'm, I'm a strategy guy. We have to be strategic in terms of understanding human nature. Um, the real magic and power of this, whether it's law of attraction or anything else and entrepreneurs understand, it's all about consistency. What can you do consistently every single day? And for me, if it's something is an uphill battle, if it's something you don't enjoy, you're not going to be consistent. So to, be, to start with the whole key about like these methods, methods of you know gratitude, for example, it's got to be something that you actually enjoy, that you even look forward to, and it doesn't take a lot of time from your day. It's got to be something that you, it becomes a choice rather than a chore. It becomes something that you get to do, not something that you have to do. So just to kind of say that in the beginning, whatever people are going to do to take themselves into the new year, because these new year's resolutions that people often stop for a number of reasons, but one, because the things that they want to do aren't actually fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about finding ways of enjoying yourself and building positive habits. So for example, 
Whether you believe in the law of attraction or not, I, I'm telling you, gratitude will invite so much into your world. The law of attraction people understand it's going to reprogram the universe literally to give you more things to be grateful for. And people that don't believe in the law of attraction understand that you're programming your subconscious mind, which is gonna go on autopilot as a supercomputer and really help you move things into your life without you even realizing you're doing it. You're gonna get that job promotion. I know we're talking entrepreneurs, but just as an example, you're gonna get that job promotion because your subconscious mind is making a, a more attractive cadence to your voice. You're gonna be standing more assertively. You're gonna come up with more ideas. You're gonna impress the boss, all because you've programmed your subconscious mind to do this without realizing it. Now, with that said, if I may, Andre, let me teach one of my favorite methods from the book and people mm -hmm. can actually experiment and try this and see how it feels for them. Mm -hmm. sure. And um, I call this the time-lapse method. And it's pretty simple. It's a gratitude exercise where you're basically gonna write down 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past, five of them are from your present, and five are things that you want in your future. And the key about this is they are all going to be written out in the present tense. Again, mm -hmm. we're either programming our subconscious mind or the universe or both here. We're writing this out in the present tense. We're going to write all 15 down, and then we're going to jumble up the list. It may be the first things um, a, a present, and then a future, and then the past, and who knows what. Now, the really cool thing is you're going to read through each item on this list and just give yourself maybe 20 to 60 seconds to feel gratitude for this thing. And the awesome thing about this technique and about this process is that two-thirds of that list is real. It's something that's already happened for you or is happening, meaning there is a confidence and a certainty and a power in your gratitude and appreciation that you feel that you just can't manipulate or, or replicate. It's there. But because, again, psychologically, we as humans don't downshift, when you read those five um, future things in the present tense, that certainty and confidence and enthusiasm also carries over into your feeling for that, thereby inviting it. So even if you don't believe in the universe or don't believe this is going to work, even though try this and you'll be pleasantly surprised, there's something to taking five minutes out of your day away from all the stress, away from all the marketing concerns, away from all the worries and all the things that you've got to do and taking five minutes yourself to do this and just feel good and feel ease in the moment because studies will show you that gratitude, whether or not it energetically brings more to you, it increases confidence, it reduces stress, it reduces anxiety, it improves sleep. There's so many different things about this, but I would suggest that people might wanna try that method for free. They don't have to pay for it right now, see how they feel, and maybe they'll enjoy it so much that they'll wanna do it again tomorrow as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think this links closely to meditation, with, which I think is becoming a more uh, popular uh, subject across the board. Uh, so is this a way of meditation? I, I believe so. I think we um, we define meditation in certain ways. Like it has to be you sitting in a silent room with your legs crossed or, or whatever. And I think meditation is so much more expansive than that. I mean, meditation is just a, a focus, whether it's um, a calm, subdued focus or it's a heightened, intense focus. It's just a focus in some direction or even a focus on nothingness, depending on your um, definition of meditation. But it certainly, for me, is a, a meditation that people can follow through and hopefully an enjoyable one at that also. Mm -hmm. And how important is the mind-body alignment, like, uh, you know, the vibration that you bring into this exercise? Or would you have any directions or things that can help people be successful with this exercise when it comes to them getting into the right vibration or aligning their hearts with their minds and things around this area? Right. So there's two 
answers to this question. The first one is my favorite one. And this is also an answer to the question of like, how do I know if I'm doing these methods right? Um, so first, there's no wrong way of doing this. Even if you only feel a little good, it means you're not feeling bad. It means you've already got a positive momentum. Like any kind of just feeling, anything you can do, whether it's this method or another, of thinking about what you have or what you want or both while feeling good, that is a tremendous benefit for, for you. But um, I know, again, we're, we're speaking to entrepreneurs, we're speaking to motivated people, and they're looking for, for boosts. Um, I would suggest that there are little hacks that you can do to amplify your feeling and appreciation. For example, um, as you're feeling gratitude, picture a warm white light extending from your chest or solar plexus or heart out into the world. Who are you thanking? Are you thanking yourself, your higher self, the universe, um, anything in particular, God? Like, picture that white light just vibrating and emanating, and that will give, like, enhanced enhancement of, of what of what you feel, but also saying why. Don't just say, I'm grateful for this awesome apartment. Maybe say why, one or two or even three or four things about why you're grateful for it, because that will also reinforce and enhance the feeling of gratitude and appreciation that you're having in that moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fair. So we have this exercise. Now, people, let's say they're planning for, you know, they're, they're making like the resolutions list and maybe looking at changing their, as you mentioned, changing their jobs if they are working, uh, you know, in a bigger company or maybe they are looking at uh, the next thing, their business. Um, so this is a good starting point, the exercise and actually attaching emotions to their goals, really. And this can be like a little hack where you, even if you don't believe that this is working, at least you get into the mindset where you are sure that some of the things were working or they are existing at the moment or have happened in the past. So you get your mind in that state where it can't really shift that quickly from something that you know maybe uh, you know it's right, but you don't trust the other things yet. And then you are just, uh, you know, kind of, it's too quick for you to change the vibration of your thoughts. And then you just go through them and then see what yes. happens, right? Yeah. And you can't feel bad and good at the same time. Mm -hmm. So even if you feel a little good, it means you're not feeling bad. And that carries incredible power. I Again, I believe energetically, but also just, you know, just for in terms of how you're going about your day, the, the confidence and enthusiasm with which you approach anything, whether you're writing um, a sales letter, you're recording a VSL, you're reaching out to potential clients, you're prospecting, like whatever you're doing, there's something to be said about starting off on the right foot and having a better vibrational or emotional tone to what you're doing that's going to carry over into your confidence, into your enthusiasm, into how you do. And then you look back on your day like, wow, this was a good day. This went way better than the day before this. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So now, because I'm really curious to hear this from you, uh, obviously I researched <laughs> into the book and in terms of, in term, into the subjects, but I'm curious to see, um, so, you know, some people might have already read The Secret or other books related to this. Some of them might know already Bob Proctor and his laws of uh, that go around this idea of paradigm shifting and the law of attraction. Um, what would be your thoughts on why some of the things related to this were not complete and why is your vision and your book the last one that somebody might need? Right, so... I think those things are complete. I think people's interpretation, understanding, and application of them are incomplete. And I actually know why. And I, okay. this is what, what I put in the book, which I think really aids in hopefully making not the last one they'll ever read, but the last one they'll ever need to read. And then they can decide for themselves. But here, here's the key part. And by the way, 
this is very applicable to um, just entrepreneurs and what's what's going on with them. Uh, I define that we have like three minds. We've got the conscious mind and we've got the subconscious mind and we've got my explanation and my definition of the ego. Mm-hmm. Now the ego is right there in the middle. It's way stronger than the conscious mind, which is why there's fear, uncertainty, doubt, and things of that nature. But the subconscious mind is stronger than everything. Meaning if you access that, you are home free. Now here's where it gets interesting. The ego, that part in the middle, that part that's, that's stronger than you consciously, it only has one job in this world. And that's to keep you alive. All it cares about is that you're alive right now, which means your money problems right now, your relationship problems right now, your career, your business, even your health problems right now, because it doesn't think that deeply. All the ego knows right now is you are alive. And the last thing the ego wants to do is risk or change the status quo, because maybe someone out there listening, you want to be rich and famous. But for all the ego knows is if you become famous, you're going to get stalkers. And that's a threat to your survival. For all the ego knows is when you get a lot of money, you're going to have distant family coming out of the woodwork trying to take it from you. Another threat to your survival, right? So the ego doesn't know for sure whether that new state is going to um, up the odds of your survival, but it knows you're alive right now and it doesn't want to mess with it. And that's why people screw up their New Year's resolutions. That's why when they try to do something and they like they talk themselves out of it or it feels too hard on day number two or even day number one. It's because the ego, which loves you, by the way, is only looking out for you in a misguided way. It's it's just trying to keep you stuck in place because it doesn't know what's going to happen if you improve. It doesn't realize that when you get that that house that you've wanted, you're going to have even better rate of survival. It'll figure out then when you get there, the long and hard way. But anyway, the, the long-winded way I'm saying it here is these methods that I talk about, these gratitude or scripting or visualization methods, they bypass the ego and go to the subconscious mind. And it doesn't matter what kind of fear or uncertainty or doubt your ego throws in the way. When your subconscious mind is behind the wheel, it'll just knock everything aside and like, no, we're doing this. We're getting it done come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And part of which includes, um, you know, again, uh, dictating or governing certain activities that you're going to do. You're just going to find yourself like, wow, I'm, I'm right. After 30 days of meditating about how awesome I am at calling leads, I'm just doing it automatically. I don't have resistance anymore. You don't have resistance because you access the subconscious mind and slapping the ego around saying, listen, we're doing this whether you like it or not. That to me, like that explanation, those things are why I think my book is the last one because it explains to people, you no longer have to keep looking for the answer. The answer is you. And now you have the confidence and enthusiasm and understanding to use these user-friendly methods and just do it. And then since you enjoy the methods, it doesn't feel like an uphill battle to do them. It's only five minutes out of your day. Your probability of actually doing it this time just shot sky high for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, very insightful. So um, I was thinking in terms of your journey now as an author, um, mm-hmm. how did you get so successful? Like, what was your journey to becoming a best-selling author and staying there for so long? Um, you mentioned it's a lot about the positive reviews and people actually getting results, but behind the scenes, what was going on? How did everything evolve? Right. So again, it is a big thing where I'm, I'm hoping the book, um, lived up to the promise and was hopefully high quality because here's the thing. I'm about to tell you how I got a lot of people to go to it, but if your product or service doesn't make its promise, then you're, you're, you know, you're straight out of luck. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did two things when I launched a book. Um, one was organic and one was pay. Mm-hmm. So what I did for the, for the pay version is because I put the book on Amazon, 
I didn't do my advertising on YouTube. I didn't do my advertising on Facebook. I didn't do my advertising on Instagram. I used Amazon's advertising platform. Mm -hmm. I actually paid so that when people were on Amazon and they're looking at The Secret, my would be one of the books that came up like, if you like this, you might be interested in this. Cool. So I basically put it in front. I put it in front of not um, people browsing. I put in front of people that were buying, that were in a mood to get a book like this, that were even on a page where they're going to click the add to cart button. I put my book in front of them, which Mm -hmm. by the way, also people that look at the cover, um, I hope it looks beautiful to you. It looks beautiful to me. Obviously I'm, I'm biased, but a really key part is I didn't say, how does this book look as a poster? How does it look really small on the screen on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Can people read the title? Can people spot it? Because you have to think, like, is your title and is the, the cover, are these good enough that people are going to notice to even click to begin with, to even read those reviews or read the book description? Anyway, I just went into the organic part even though I was talking about the pay part. I used the Amazon platform because what better place to put it, right? Mm-hmm. Organically, what I did was I went on Facebook groups related to Law of Attraction and I just added value. And here's the thing. We already know, we know how Facebook groups are. You can't promote yourself. You Mm -hmm. can't say, I've got this book. You can't say, check out this link. All you can do is post. So what I did was I posted huge, huge, huge value on it, right? And then if people were interested, they can click on my profile and then then they'll see stuff about the book. Then they'll see me posting the five-star reviews and giving more information or whatever. But basically I gave value in a place where my customers were already at. And then they made the decision of whether they want to buy the book. And it's like, oh, Andrew, you, you had to rewrite all these different posts. Well, some I wrote from scratch, but some were just repurposed content from the book because in my opinion, the book was already good with already great insights. Why would I not repurpose that and give that to people for free? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those awesome. two things, that's all I really did um, in the beginning to, to get some things going. And it was the number one new release that week and it was the number one bestseller by the following month. I don't even know how long it took because I wasn't looking every day. I was so busy just trying to get things going. One day I looked within like three weeks later and it was the number one bestseller in that category. I'm like, cool, I wonder how, has this been going on a day or a week? I don't even know but I just kept doing my thing and kept giving value. Mm-hmm. So on the paid ads side of things, um, can we talk about the budgets that you invested or your return on advertising spend metrics like these? Yeah. Um, wow. I don't even have numbers in front of me. I, I will say this. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give free advertising. I used um, a tool called, um, it was KDP Rocket at the time. Now it's Publisher Rocket. Mm-hmm. And it just, it helped me choose better keywords. Mm-hmm. Like what keywords that I want to put in my in my advertising? My, I will say my ACOS. Um, in the first couple of weeks, I was actually losing money. I was I was paying. I, I was probably. Um, forgive me. I'm, I'm going through numbers in my head to try to give you something that's legit, and not um, not just made up here. Yeah, um, no I mean, even if it's an approximate, it's it's cool. But yeah, just... I mean, I'd say this. I was probably um, the ACOS, which you want as low as possible, definitely beneath 100% because 100% means that you're paying more than than you're making in terms of sales. Not, by the way, not even profits, just sales because Amazon still takes their piece. Um, the ACOS in the first month was probably 107 to 120%. Mm-hmm. It was it was navigating, but I didn't care. I just, all I wanted was people reading the book and hopefully loving it and putting reviews because as the reviews got better and as more buzz around the book came, I relied less on the Amazon advertising and more on word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I had a budget where I can lose money on getting people just to see it um, because I made mistakes. I would bid like, 
a $4 as an example, just for one click on the secret. And that's ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. I should be bidding 60 cents tops, at least at that point in time. But I was like, let me just get people to look at this thing. Right. Um, so I don't even know if that answered your question, but I, I was willing to lose a little money on the hope that the product would speak for itself, would get good reviews, would generate word of mouth. Cause you know, everyone's different and this is a book. So maybe yours is, um, maybe you're, um, a landscaper, but what you want is you want to do such a good job in your company of what you're doing that the, the customer will refer you. The customer will sing your praises. The customer will buy your books for their family or their friends or start a book club or something like I never expect someone started a book club. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was going to happen. I, I noticed like, wow, all these extra copies are like coming in like reliably. Someone started a book club and everyone bought the book and they did their own thing on the side. I'm like, Cool. So when you give value, um, your marketing efforts will kind of, um, they will, they'll snowball and a lot of good things will happen for you on autopilot mm-hmm. that you could not have predicted or have manipulated yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, definitely ask, uh, answer the question. So um, in terms of the paid ads, eventually they started to, I guess you started to optimize them better. And then you also, how did you get people to write the reviews actually? Because I, th- oh, I know that this can be a tough one. Like even if you have sales, getting them back to write the review can be a bit tricky. Right. So you said something really important there. And I think... Um, this is really important. You said, how did I get people to do it? And the answer is, I didn't get people to do it. I invited people to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is, again, hopefully it was a good product. Um, I basically, I invite reviews indirectly. And what I mean by that is, when you're in a, when you uh, get my book, there's free bonuses. When you sign up for the free bonuses, you get emails from me. And obviously, you know, I'll tell about my other products, but I just give the you know emails where I'm, I'm not selling anything. I'm just giving value on value on value. I and again, this is not an act. It isn't me just trying to seem like I'm giving value. This is my approach. Mm-hmm. When you are an author and you have a follow up system that you're giving value on top of the book, it sends the message that you're not just here to make a quick buck and move on in your life. It sends the message that no, like I really want this to be the last book you ever need to read and. The book should be enough, but just in case it's not, I'm going to keep dumping more and more and more value on you. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I hope and believe that a lot, a lot of those reviews come from the fact that people see that I'm not a one-trick pony and I'm not just here to make a quick buck, but I'm actually here for them because I want to see them succeed. Because mm-hmm. we we all, this sounds so um, cliche or maybe even um, you know pretentious, but the last thing I want to be is a billionaire in a world that's in ruins. Because if you're a billionaire and the world's in ruins, you still can't go to your favorite pizzeria. You still can't go on dates with, with bars because they're all closed down. You know, you want to lift everyone up around you. So I take this, this approach of I am lifting every single reader up around me in any way that I can through my content because that's the real victory. The victory isn't me making a quick buck and them going off to another book and being lost. The victory is in this actually being the last book. And I think through my efforts for that, it sends a really powerful message that I believe leads to the reviews. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. And very, I mean, uh, I, I totally empathize with your answer. And I think it's such a good approach. And I hope uh, more people would, would have this approach to, to the way that they are thinking about their businesses and about their products. And uh, yeah, definitely keep up the good work. And uh, thank you. And the approach. So, what? Oh, one more thing, Andre. I'm sorry. I just thought of this. No worries. <laughs> this is valuable for them. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> you. One thing I do, and people um, on on your side of the pond won't notice this, but in the states, because Amazon lets me access it, 
Mm-hmm. When someone let again from the mindset of caring about people and actually wanting people to to win from this, when I got reviews, I didn't just like sit there and be all proud of myself and say cool. Actually, I comment and reply to all the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe I didn't realize at the time I was just being enthusiastic. But someone told me, dude, you realize you're that's a strategy, right? You realize you are inviting more reviews by the fact that people see that you're answering reviews, so they're going to be more likely to do it. So just an extra piece that came off the top of my head, because that's more tactical than philosophical. I didn't realize at the time when I was doing it, but I respond to all the United States reviews. And if Amazon would let me, I would respond to worldwide reviews also, because I think to have the author care enough to reply to you says something also. And that might that might be the difference between someone leaving a quick one sentence or not doing anything at all. So sorry to interrupt you on your thought, but that came to mind. I want to share that for your, your marketing audience. No worries. A very good, uh, very good point. And now looking at you and uh, what you have in store for 2021, what, what are your plans? What are you, how are you looking to grow your business, uh, grow the book, grow your YouTube channel? Yeah. So for me, I, again, I keep things very simple and very implementable, if that's a word. Um, I'm going to keep pumping out YouTube content to let the channel grow and basically do a lot of the heavy lifting for me. I'm going to keep going on um, as many podcasts as I can. You know, I'm, I'm glad doing these, but more more law of attraction ones, again, telling people more about it. And um, opportunities are finding me where people are asking me to speak at certain summits and things like that. So as those invites keep coming. I'm just going to keep doing that also. So I'm basically going to keep talking about this. I'm going to, no one else is going to be advocate for this book but, but me. So I'm going to be the one that's going to do it. So um, there's no grand strategy or anything like that. It's just following on the thread, building on the solid foundation, and hopefully serving more people. And that's the mindset that I'm taking with me into the year. Super. Um, okay, and now one last point before we go to the wrap up and the actionable points, just to refresh them for everybody that is going to go away and hopefully execute on these actions. Um, but uh, where can people uh, connect with you if they want to uh, maybe, you know, talk more with you directly? Maybe they know about podcasts that you might be interested in joining or uh, really to find out more about the book. So obviously we'll have the links in the description of this episode when it comes to, you know, links to the book and to uh, the platforms like your YouTube channel. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what other places are good to connect with you? Yeah, so I keep it pretty simple. Um, It's really the book and the YouTube channel. So um, I'm not sure how this will forward. I know it forwards to the US site here in the US, but lastlawofattractionbook.com forwards to the Amazon US listing, whether it's paperback or Audible or, or Kindle. Um, but people can just go on their Amazon and type in the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. But also my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. And of course, that's got an about thing where people can click to email me if they wanted to. But for the most part, um, while I, I invite from people, I'm really trying to give people more access to the content than to me because it's the content that's really going to serve them and help them. And again, Get the Amazon book, check it out if you want. But if you don't want to put out your wallet, the YouTube content is for free. So please check it out. Maybe it'll resonate with you. I try to keep things um, like really uh, versatile with it. You'll see my strange sense of humor on some of the videos. And hopefully, more importantly, you'll get a kick out of it and find a reason to use the content for your own advantage. Mm -hmm. Super. Thanks a lot for that. Um, And now the last thing is to create this sort of uh, wrap action bullets. So we were looking at one, the personal branding and how to be more intelligent with your content and positioning uh, 
one as an authority, and then in their niche and in the industry, and then uh, looking at this more oriented to the self <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. subject, which is which is applying the law of attraction and concepts of uh, well-being and self-fulfillment to better the new year. So. Um, the personal branding side of things. So some of the key things that we, I, I think, agreed on were one of them to make sure you know what you, how you position yourselves and like the value proposition, proposition either yours or your businesses so that you can choose the people that you want to resonate with best. Um, then focusing on maybe one, two platforms first in order to make sure you master those ones and mm-hmm. you don't go thin for over too many of them. So creating content that is fit for these platforms uh, and then maybe repurposing some of that content. Uh, by the way, one thing that I wanted to ask you is uh, what do you think about Instagram or TikTok since they are platforms that do promote video, which yeah, is something I, that you produce? So I haven't intelligently used them very well myself, but my answer is if you can, do it. Like if you can put your message in a TikTok video in a way that will get attention, but also get people to find you, please, by all means, go for it. Like any kind of platform that you can use well, do it. I just haven't done it very well myself. And again, my bandwidth, I'd rather just, even though TikTok might be a huge thing for me, I'd rather just do the YouTube personally because um, it resonates with who I am as a person. So there's power behind that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super. Okay. And then uh, making sure, I think this goes across the two subjects, just be sure to be consistent and to communicate in a genuine way uh, and to really connect with yourself when you are producing the copy or producing the videos or the content that you put out uh, and you know spread across, across the channels together with the message. Um, and then going into the um, sort of future building activities. Uh, one thing that would be very important is this exercise. So Andrew, would you like to summarize again, what are the actions that people should take in order to compile the exercise correctly and execute it? Sure. Again, it's, it's 15 things that you're grateful for. Five past, five present, five future. Write them in the present tense, jumble them up, read them one at a time for, and give yourself 20 to 60 seconds or 10 minutes, whatever you want, feeling gratitude for that thing. And I mean, there's, there's so much to be grateful for. Just the heart beating in your chest right now has been beating every single second, not only since the moment you've been born, but since the moment before you've been born, while you were still in the womb. Who would not have gratitude for the heart that's been beating every second for decades to send blood and, and nutrients to the rest of their body, which is also serving them? Like, it's so easy to be grateful for things if you just think about what you have. Everyone out there, no matter how hard things are, you have more than you realize. And the more that you focus on that, the more you'll actually have as well. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that just came to my mind that I think it's so good uh, from the very beginning of our conversation, I think um, for the ones of you that really wanted to do something for a long time and maybe they just didn't get around doing it or didn't have the courage to give themselves permission to, as Andrew was saying, this might be the second next best moment for you to, I mean, if you didn't do it so far, this is the next best moment for you to start doing it and to give yourself permission to write that book, go on that podcast, have that podcast, launch that business or whatever you want to, you want to do. And then just go all in with confidence and, uh, you know, uh, let the market decide for you uh, and to either validate you, probably validate you since uh, this would be something that you always wanted to do. You are probably good at it and you just need a strategy to start producing and executing towards it. Yeah, and one little piece. One hater 
not liking you doesn't mean that the market has put a thumbs down on you. So as you get bigger, what you, you, you have to expect haters also. There's going to be some negative feedback no matter what you do. You don't look at one person and make a decision. You look at the market as a whole and you be honest with yourself. Don't use one hater um, who's just having a bad day behind a keyboard as a reason to quit your dream. Fair. Super. Andrew, such a big pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for, for the time, for the insight, for everything really. Um, wishing you an amazing new year ahead. I know you'll be busy uh, and I think you're doing a great job. So um, yeah, really, really keen to see how your journey is going to unfold. Definitely let's keep in touch for you know new books that you might be having coming out or um, things that we we can communicate on for the guys, uh, guys that you, uh, that you tuned into, if you have any questions or would want us to maybe organize a second episode on some specific things of which we discussed today, uh, make sure to reach out to us or maybe to Andrew directly. If it's something that you guys can directly work on on to or towards and, um, we'll make that happen. But until next time, Andrew, such a big pleasure again. Thank you for being on the show and for, for being with us and wishing you an amazing year ahead. Speak Thank soon. you so much for having me, Andre. Wishing you a, a wonderful year ahead and also quick props to your audience. They're obviously listening to a really good show here. They made a good call. Thanks for being such a great facilitator of this information, man. Um, it's been my honor and pleasure to be on the show. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you and thank you for everybody that's been tuning in. See you next year. 